chapter six of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain an encounter with a spy at the door of the church thornton met a retired rear admiral and his wife whose daughter he knew so he paused and was affably solicitous whether they found the glorious august weather conducive to their general well-being armitage bowed and drew to one side just as the wellington party passed out into the churchyard and walked down the path to their motor panting at the curb the prince helped mrs wellington and her daughter into the tonneau with easy grace and then motioned the two boys to precede him he was not at all bad-looking armitage decided tall and rather wasp-waisted he was nevertheless well set up and his tailor easily might have left a pound or so of padding out of the blue jacket and still have avoided the impression that the prince was narrow-backed his manner certainly bore every impress of courtly breeding and the insolence of rank was by no means lacking as armitage learned the next instant when a man whose back was strangely familiar suddenly appeared at colt's soft side and with hat in hand essayed to address him armitage watching eagerly saw the russian's form stiffen saw his eyes as cold and steady as steel discs fix themselves unseemingly over the man's head who bowed awkwardly and turning hurriedly with a flushed face stumbled against a horse post a low exclamation leaped from armitage's lips he hesitated just an instant and then fairly ran out of the doorway and down the path to the street he caught up with the fellow before he had gone a hundred feet looking back to see that the wellington car had gone he touched him on the arm look here yeeski he said as the man wheeled in nervous haste who was that chap you spoke to at that motor-car yeeski hesitated a moment and then looked the officer full in the eyes i do not know he said i thought it was commander harris i was going to ask him about those coils which have not come yet when i found i mistook i was ashamed armitage returned the electrician's gaze for a second he was at a loss there was a slight resemblance between harris and the prince to be sure then suddenly as he recalled the incident at the grand central station and his fears of the previous evening a wave of anger swept over him and he thrust his face belligerently toward the workman the muscles of his right shoulder calling nervously for action yeeski he said you are lying who do you think you are up against a child he shook his finger in the man's face now quick tell me what business you had with that man yeeski drew himself up with an air of offended dignity not altogether compatible with his putative station in life armitage noticed it and pressed on do you hear he said in a low tense voice he was already past saving he had never been a diplomat hurry up speak or i'll knock your polack head off before the man could reply thornton who had hurried up interposed what's the matter jack did this gentleman have the misfortune to demand all of the sidewalk armitage replied over his shoulder 
you go along joe and leave this to me i saw this man trying to talk to that russian prince and he's employed on confidential work in the shops i know jack said thornton soothingly placing his hand on armitage's shoulder but it isn't policy to get into a street fight about it you know old chap it wouldn't be a fight began armitage sneeringly he turned suddenly toward yeesky i have been pestered and worried for a week now i know i was shattered in new york now that i've a clue i'm not going to let go of it of course not said thornton but you don't want to go off half cocked remember you were up all last night just heaved to a second has anything happened at the shops no said armitage cooling a bit not that i know of but this fellow's doing inside work here on the torpedo and i saw him talking to that russian talking i mean he tried to he says he thought the man was harris and he wanted to ask him about some coils that was too fishy for me did the prince talk to him no snubbed ignored him oh smiled thornton well i say jack honestly i think you might be wrong harris does suggest that prince chap i thought so in church of course you can decide about this fellow's future in the shops as you think best but you really can't do anything here i suppose you are right said armitage reluctantly he nodded toward the man yeesky if you are straight meet me at the storekeeper's office at three o'clock this afternoon i hope by that hour to be in a position to apologize to you in the meantime his good nature as with all persons of warm temperament speedily returning if i have wronged you i am sorry you have wronged me replied yeesky but i understand your feelings i shall certainly meet you at three o'clock three sharp and armitage with thornton's arm drawn through his walked down the street yeesky stood watching them for a second and then clapping his hand to his pocket a smile spread slowly over his face he followed the two stalwart officers for a few steps and paused irresolutely then without further hesitancy he walked rapidly to spring street and thence to the hotel aquidneck where he entered the telephone booth when he emerged he paid toll on five charges this done he went into the writing-room and called for a small piece of wrapping paper and twine when it came he took from his pocket a bulky heavy object done up in a newspaper without removing this he wrapped it neatly in the manila paper bound it securely and addressed it in printed letters he sat for a moment looking thoughtfully at the package then he drew a sheet of note-paper toward him cut off the hotel heading and dipped his pen in the ink he began vasily andreyevitch i am sending you by messenger as you instructed over the telephone the vital part there is nothing more to do and i leave newport this hour for excellent reasons i was seen trying to address you this morning so watch out yeesky read this last sentence again and then the thought that he would be confirmed as a bungler in his superior's mind occurred to him he inked out the sentence muttering that koltsov must take care of himself as he had had to do and then resumed his writing when you get this i shall be in parts unknown i begin to fear i am suspect you can reach me care of garlock boston to-night and blavatsky halifax on wednesday on that day i go via the dominion line to england and thence to the secret police office in st petersburg forgive i pray this haste but i have done all there is to be done 
i accept your congratulations and now having no desire to pose as the centre of a diplomatic situation i go au revoir he called a messenger dispatched the package and the letter and within half an hour was in a trolley-car bound for fall river End of chapter six